Welcome to The Shiv Show, where we are all about people getting to know people. We are here to humanize the individual behind their brand and share their story with the world, with, of course, a few laughs in the mix. Now, it's time for your host, Australia's most Canadian podcaster, and just like the knife, Shiv Rat. Hello, all you beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of The Shiv Show, where we're all about people getting to know people. Now, this episode is one of my very first interviews, and I actually interview my buddy, Alex Bogey. Now, Alex is a Canadian, a fellow Canadian here in Australia. Yes, another one. Uh, <laughs> I actually met Alex about a year ago when I moved over here, and Alex is just such a funny person, and you're going to hear that this in, in the interview. He is in the tech industry by trade, but he's also doing some stand-up comedy. So we're going to talk about his experience in comedy. We're going to talk about his move to Australia and how that's kind of changed his life. And literally, the entire interview is just Alex and I shooting the shit. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Without further ado, here is the episode with Alex Bogey. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Shiv Show. Today, I'm actually really pumped up and excited to bring you one of my friends. And we have a treat for you guys. Not only one Canadian is here, but we have two Canadians on The Shiv Show today. So I'm pretty pumped up. So get ready to hear a lot of I'm sorry's and a lot of apologies. But uh, uh, excited to bring one of my good friends out here that I that I met when I moved out to Australia about a year ago. So Mr. Alex Bogey, welcome to the Shift Show, my friend. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Good, good, good. How was your day, dude? Really good. I really don't really good. care. So moving oh, great. on. Great. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. I was gonna. Yeah, okay. Alex, seriously, thank you so much. Um, I'm actually gonna debut this as the first. Shiv show the premiere so the premiere my friend i like it how do you feel i feel pretty honored dude do you it's a pretty big uh celebrity list i saw for the Shiv show so <laughs> alex all right listen i want you to tell everybody who alex bogey is who is alex bogey that's a good question that's a very good question well as you said fellow canadian but from the good side vancouver get that out of the way right at the gate okay all right anyway it's important non-leafs fan listen drake wasn't from toronto yeah well I mean, he wasn't from Vancouver. He's from Toronto, so... It's true. It's true. Anyway. Anyway, beside the <laughs> point, um, been over here five years. Mm-hmm. Met you two years ago. Regretted every day since. It's been the best two years of your life. <laughs> Great two years <laughs> for some. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Pretty pretty normal guy, I guess. Just doing podcasts, trying to survive. Doing the celebrity life. Doing the celebrity life, man. <laughs> so tell me about... And 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 I'm gonna talk. We're gonna talk about this more in detail a little bit later. But tell me about your move. Why why did you move to Australia? Oh, good question. It was a, it was a big decision actually. It's been five years since I moved, but I was fortunate in that I'd been a bunch growing up as a kid with the family to Sydney. And on the back of those trips, I actually got a passport to Australia mm-hmm. as well. So while I was in Canada, I renewed my passport got a job offer and basically two weeks later I could move yeah yeah and your parents used to be here as well they did they moved out before I was born they lived here for about six years Mm. I don't know why they moved back (laughs) they seem to regret always doing it they always want to come they visit me quite a bit yeah yeah it's been good I have no complaints love being over here so let's rewind for a little bit right yeah because if if I was to search Alex Bogey up on Google oh What's going to come up? Am I going to, is that something I can search for at work? No, I, you probably get arrested. Blacklisted <laughs> sites, you know, fugitive status. Tell, that's the other part of why I moved over. That's right? exactly why yeah. you moved over. 
tell us why. Uh, tell us what you do. So, what do you do outside of, of you know podcasting? Because you know you're, you're you're a huge celeb right now. A lot of so charity you... work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I work you know kind of the normal corporate job. I've worked yeah. at the same same company you're at now, right? Um, a few years ago, but but really getting into outside of the kind of day to day grind into mm-hmm. writing and improv comedy okay. and traveling. That's kind of more of a a passion project I'm pursuing a lot more lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your passions other than comedy? in writing I think a big thing and probably part of why I moved over here to begin with is is just seeing more of the world and really pushing myself I moved here over on my over here on my own yeah you know wanted to see what's it like to just pack up and leave go to a new place mm-hmm. um, so for me it's really I'm really big on new experiences I guess and yeah. being in Australia has been great for that yeah so where is bogey next oh man Top questions right out the gate. Dude, I'm, this is how we start the shift show, my friend. Where is Al next? I think ideally doing more with comedy yeah. is, is a big focus for me. Mm-hmm. I want to do a web series, so that's something I'm working on quite a bit right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty excited next year to do The Seven Continents, so I'm going to finish off The Seven right. Continents by the time I'm 30, which is a big bucket list thing for me. Yep, yep. So keep up the travel and ideally get a show produced. That mm-hmm. would be the ultimate goal. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's happening with the, the web series now in terms of where it is? Is it kind of starting off? And you mentioned last time you had a business partner. So Yeah, so so taking, I, yeah. within within the improv group we, we play with, one of the other guys and myself have been writing, kind of creatively procrastinating for mm. <laughs> four months. <laughs> okay. Writing, tearing paper up. <laughs> restarting over um but it's been good it's it's takes time and i've certainly learned a lot because i don't come from that background at all of Mm. film or writing and larry the other guy i'm writing with is a playwright by trade and just the stuff i learned about how he formats screenwrites how you think about scenes where you want to film a show decide how many characters how much would it cost to run it Mm. you know how long should it be all these types of things just brand new to me. Yeah. And that's been a really cool experience over the last few months to really play around with those different concepts. So I want to come back to the, I guess, the acting part on that mm-hmm. end. Comedy. So what what kind of throws you more towards comedy? And the reason I'm asking is, is I'm writing a book and in that book I talk about, or I write about laughter. Right. And how, how important laughter is in my life. And, and, and I call it medicine. Yeah. Because I'm not a doctor, but... It's so important because it changes the way that you you feel, changes your day, changes the way you wake up the next day. Mm-hmm. So that's why laughter is important to me. Why is laughter important to you, and why is comedy important to you? Oh. Well, I think if we look at the comedy side first off, for me, the part I really liked, and similar to why I moved over here, was this concept. I'm already over here by myself. Why not try something new? Mm-hmm. So I didn't do any Good comedy. Attitude. Yeah, I didn't do any comedy before I moved to Australia. Right, I'd never done anything. I did the classic get to Sydney and do a you know a stand up class, right? Where there was an exam and it's a bit a bit ridiculous looking back at it all, but there was an exam. There was an exam on how to be funny. I failed um, <laughs> four times. I figured, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> um, but I don't know, it was I think I really liked the idea of trying out something you've written or something you think is funny with a group of people you've never met before in your mm-hmm. life. So getting up on a stage in front of some audience and testing things and seeing what 
sticks and what doesn't. And like you're saying with the laughter piece, when something hits, right, and you get that laugh, it's just such a satisfying feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a cer- certain type of release that comes for that, which I which I really like. But yeah. And I, how, do you find it hard writing a, a chapter on laughter? Is that tough? No, no. Actually, I think it's probably one of the easiest chapters really? I've thought about. Yeah. Because I wrote about the hardships that I had in, in that part of my life mm. and why it changed. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, it was just flowing. Everything was flowing because it's very, very important to me. Mm. And I think I wrote, you know, a couple of the quotes that I I put a whole bunch of quotes in the book. Mm -hmm. And I think just paraphrasing, but one of them was, you know, a day without laughing is a day wasted. Yeah. And I truly believe that. Imagine just, you know, 24 hours of your day, you go to work, you slave, and there's literally no laughter in it. Like that day would suck. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really, really believe that, you know, laughter is something that you have to have in order to be happy, mm-hmm. in order to to wake up the next morning and say, shit, yesterday was a pretty good day. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I believe in. Nice. Um, can you talk to me about your stand-up class? Oh. Because I, I want to get, you failed four times. I don't know if you're exaggerating. Failed a few times. Two times. Got okay. tomatoes thrown at me, got beaten up. <laughs> you get stoned. Robbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It went well. It went well. It, it, was a, it was a weird deal. I mean, you, you kind of come in off the street, you have... You think you have an idea of what stand-up comedy is, right? You've watched someone you like, you know, a famous comedian, or you've kind of tried a few jokes on your friends you think can work. And then when you get in, it's it's interesting because you realize how scripted it all is, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot of working on timing. There's a lot of working on length of joke, finding your style. And the part I realized pretty quickly, it's kind of, you know, baptism by fire, but is is you do need to just get up and test it in front of people you've never met. It's the only way to know what works and what doesn't work. Correct. Um, and I think a, a school is good for some of that, but the reality is at the end of the day, it's up to you to decide if you really want to just put yourself out there. And you re- in comedy with that, you need to. Yeah. You need to just get up, try, bomb, yeah. fail out hard, yeah. rewrite, and just go through that whole process. And you've been on stage quite a few times. Yeah, well, so so I, I did the stand-up for a bit, probably about a year. Um, but I think I learned pretty quickly. I, I liked it, but I liked the idea of improv comedy more because you're not going from script. You know, in your head, when you're rehearsing the same jokes, for me, it just didn't feel as funny as if you're just getting up in an improv environment and getting a single word suggestion, right, and riffing yeah. on an audience. And so for that, um, I think it just resonated more with me, and that's what I've been doing for the last two years or so now so tell me about a time where you just bombed on stage oh we uh, has it happened quite a few times it's a good learning experience I, I've so. yet to have a good show to be honest yeah. I've, I, I've heard it's good but uh, <laughs> no, I, we, usually we get booed off but <laughs> sorry uh, about that yeah I didn't, I didn't want to talk about that shit I thought we rehearsed we were going to talk I'm sorry, about sorry man I'm sorry <laughs> um, it, it's a weird feeling because if, if you've invested a lot in stand-up, if you've invested in the jokes and you really think they're funny and they just don't hit, it's this weird feeling where you're wondering, you know, what wasn't funny or you play but, it back in your head. But do you take it personally? At what point do you say, <sighs> shit, no, it's, it's all good, I'll try another joke? Yeah, I think you I think you can't take it personally. I think you have to develop a bit mm-hmm. of a tough skin. Um, but then I also think there's cases where as you get more comfortable, you can turn something that's a bomb joke into something funny, right? You can laugh at, at what you just said and get a you know the audience to to uh, to resonate with that, right? So yeah. it's I think just getting more comfortable because not everything's going to be funny. Yeah, 
or not everything is going to hit the way you think it will. I've, we've had cases where, you know, we're clearing a stage or doing something that's not even part of a show and that gets a big laugh. Mm-hmm. So you never know what's going to hit. You never gonna know what's going to trigger. Yeah. So what, what makes you laugh? I like... Um, other than my jokes. My other than your are, jokes. Yeah, my jokes. Pee my pants. Yeah. Of course. It, I'll get you a towel for later. But. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, I'm going to need something for this time. I think for me, it's... I like people that are willing to just really willing to put themselves out there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this kind of fearlessness to it. I like physical comedy a lot. Okay. Um, you know, I've seen some shows where it's just like what we would call clowning. So there's not even any dialogue. It's just a person in a ridiculous outfit yeah. on a stage in front of a hundred people just doing something insane. And I like that because I think it's really original and I think it takes a lot of guts to do that. And mm-hmm. I think that's really funny. So when you say physical comedy, what do you mean? Is that so? It could be as simple as an expression. It could be doing something with your hand. It could okay. be a voice. It could be an outfit. You know, building a physical space around you. I love all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Or falling Interesting. through a table. Yeah. 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 Okay. Crashing through a door. So, in terms of comedians out right now or past comedians, who do you like? Oof. Who do I like? Who do you? Who do you top three? Top three. Well, I got to represent Canada, so I put Martin Short up there. Uh, there you go. Throwback. There you go. Um, I really like Jim Gaffigan a lot yep. for stand-up. I think he's really funny. I love Jim Carrey a lot from the older guys. I really like Louis C.K. I mean, I think yeah. he's gone a bit dark lately. Yeah. Kind of a bit emo like you, right? Just <laughs> always in a dark just, place. Just angry. Just angry, right? Yeah. Just pissed off all the time. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, but I, I think he makes his business around that, right? He like does. He, he, his jokes are more about hating, hating life, it seems. But a lot of people can relate to him because a lot of people are like that. Yeah. Right? Well, and he's got an interesting story, too, if you look into him. And kind of he started in writing and how he found his way. And mm-hmm. I just think... Um, yeah, he, he definitely has a dark portrayal, but you're right. It's it's a uh, it's his style, right? It's yeah. his personality. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Was it Louis C.K. Who else? Um, I also really like people like um, I like a lot of the old guys, man. Like Eddie Murphy. I love yeah. Chris Farley. I like. I think I watch more old comedy than I do oh, new, new people. Yeah, yeah, okay. Which is kind of weird. It's not that I don't dislike modern comics mm-hmm. but I just think I don't know I like going to the old stuff a lot more yeah I just think that a lot of them put themselves out there you watch like a Richard Pryor show or any of these people where they're up for an hour and a half two hours mm-hmm. just themselves and I just still watch that and am just totally enamored by the fact someone could do it and remember oh. so much material it's amazing I went to Chris Rock in Sydney here uh, last week yeah and he was on stage for about two hours and didn't even take a sip of water and just delivered delivered and and he didn't do stand-up for nine years who'd you go with uh, a couple of friends sorry. so uh, and, thanks and, for the invite yeah, yeah, my cool, real friends cool, yeah, I'm it. sorry I I'm just here for the <laughs> I show. thought you I were busy it. Yeah. I get it yeah <laughs> I went with Chris after anyway so okay whatever yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. anyway um, <laughs> he j- the way he delivered right it's just it's, I really admire that as well and I think it's really cool that they can go on stage and just capture 15,000 people yeah and have 15,000 people laughing yeah um, but a couple questions I have for you mm on that so the first one is how do you deal because you've been on stage right 
how do you deal with the hecklers? People just yelling things out. Because I'm, I'm sitting at a Chris Rock uh, show, and people are just yelling things out while he's performing. But he's taking it, and he's owning it. And he's yelling things back. or he, You know, how do you deal with that? Well, I think I'm lucky in that most of, well, pretty much all of what we're doing now with improv theater, it's, it's kind of a different audience environment most of the time i think it's because the people have no idea what we're doing yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. right they're just confused but <laughs> what the, what's, what's going, on? going on on stage exactly <laughs> but i think it's you know we've had shows where someone will give you like a terrible suggestion or you know you've got we had one show we did and it's not at a stadium it's at a pub right so you've got to gauge yeah. the audience coming downstairs and this this girl gets up just wasted mm. absolutely wasted and it's her birthday and she's trying to give us a suggestion and her friends are just hammered the whole show. Yeah. And it was so bad and the noise was cutting in because we were trying to film some of it as well mm. that we ended up actually just bringing them up on stage and okay. putting them in it. So yeah. we took it to the ultimate extreme, I think, of saying, well, they're not going to stop. But so some of what they're saying is funny. Why don't we try and incorporate them in? Incorporate them in, yeah. yeah. And did it work out? Uh, no, I think it got worse. <laughs> I think it bombed. But it's throwing up on stage. It was good for a few minutes, and then, yeah, she threw up, and yeah, the police came. And, <laughs> what can you do? So your regular Friday night. Regular Friday night. Uh, my other question, so I was thinking about this earlier. Do you think there's a direct correlation between the ability to do stand-up comedy and the ability to be a good public speaker? Oh, good do question. You, do you have to do both? Because, and I'll explain what I'm thinking about after. But mm. What do you think? Do you have to be? Do you have to be a good public speaker to do stand-up comedy? I don't think you need to be. A lot of the people who do stand-up comedy are actually insanely introverted people. I would say I actually think I'm personally fairly introverted. Mm -hmm. But with that said, I think comedy gives you a certain type of personality as a public speaker mm -hmm. you're more comfortable riffing right yep. you're more comfortable maybe you lose a script or something doesn't work when you're on stage a mic isn't working mm -hmm. and you have to present without it you just i think you're better at presenting and speaking on the spot okay. so i think if anything it just makes you more comfortable in unusual situations what i was thinking is and i heard i think it was jamie fox saying this um you know, comedians almost have like a license. It's like a, like a 007 license to kill, but they have a license to speak. Yeah. Right? So back in the day in medieval times, like gestures mm -hmm. were never killed by the king because they could say whatever the hell they want. Mm -hmm. um, now, I feel like the comedians are the exact same way. Definitely. So when, when it comes to public speaking, you know, let's say you're doing a corporate speak, you're doing some speaking for a corporate company. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to go by the rules. You have to be political. You got to do everything in one way. But comedian or comedy, sorry, comedians mm -hmm. get up on stage and there's no rules really. There's none. They just say whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And if they offend someone, they offend someone. But that's just it's they have the license to do it, I feel, right? That's I mean, it. Do you feel the same way? Well, I definitely I think you need to have some sort of opinion on matters if you're gonna be doing any sort of comedy, right? Yeah. But I don't know, I mean if you're doing a public speaking piece, do you like to have it specked out like a full script before, or do you like to kind of wing parts of it or Personally, yeah, oh, I like to wing it. Yeah, the yeah. whole thing. Uh, I mean, I would jot note. Yeah, I guess some points that I want to talk about, mm -hmm. but I would never. You never catch me reading. No, oh, I just I can't do that. You you disengage the audience. If you want to see a show bomb, you see a comic come up with his notes. Really? Do people do that? Well, look, there's cases where you'll see some people do it because they want to test out something brand new. Yeah, right, and they're doing whatever they really don't give a shit but then there's a lot of cases where it's 
someone just so nervous that they've got a mm. full list of jokes and but then I've seen people do that as an act too, right? Like okay. they're reading them and like, okay, next Joe, flip the page. Shit. Like it's part of their thing, right? Because yeah. they know it's not funny. It reminds me of like that, uh, or a couple of those freestyle rappers that pull out their phone. Um, yeah. And they just start rapping. God. I could be, I could be a rapper as well. And you're a rapper. Why don't you just rap some stuff? In the yeah, I, I, uh, just my voice right. tonight. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, okay. It's not out on title yet. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> you can't. I can't allow legally. Yeah, it's just a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting your, your amazing parents. You did? I did. I haven't when met them. Was, you haven't met them? No, I've heard your of real them. parents. Oh, yeah. okay, shit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I met your parents out here in Sydney a few months ago. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. Um, now, they're both entrepreneurs. Yes. Right? How is it growing up with, with two entrepreneurs? I mean, and, and, and I want to get to this question later, but do you think you're born with it? Do you think we're born with that mindset? So mm. talk to me about how it was growing up with you know two parents successful parents in like the business world Mm -hmm. well so to the first part about if you're born with it i think if i look at my parents they both started in kind of the more traditional corporate world right so they didn't just immediately go to school and then come out with their own business idea but i think they definitely had traits even early on where they knew they were going to do their own thing Mm -hmm. so even when they moved back from australia i still remember being a really little kid and my dad coming home one day in his car and he had all these boxes in the back and I was probably like six years old and I remember asking him like well what have you done like why is all this in the back of your car and he says well I just quit my job I'm going to start my own thing I still vividly remember that and my mom the same she took our basement suite in our old house Mm -hmm. put a computer down there and started her own advertising company and they both started that way and I remember for years it was just them and maybe their business partner just kind of grinding it out yeah. and my dad still talks about you know he remembers he saved enough money so that he could last six months right okay. without having to go back to a normal job he said I'm going to give myself six months to get my first customer yep. and if I can do that then I know I've got something mm-hmm. and literally it came down to I think the last week of the six months and he signed his first customer wow. and it went from there and he had his own company for close to 30 years 30 years. 30 years. Not in Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. And they just both retired in the last year or two. Good for them. Yeah. So that's a testament to, to keep trying, right? I mean, definitely. I feel like six months is all, all, also a pretty short timeline. To, Very to short. Make a profit or even sign a customer. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's like anything, you know, whether it's trying a new business idea or a new hobby or any anything, you have to at least put yourself out there and, and try it to... Yeah know if it's going to work right and you have to love what you do yeah I feel. like this podcast thing I, lo- I love listening to podcasts you know like Tim Ferriss Tony Robbins all the all the big ones out there I, lo- yeah. I love listening Joe Rogan you know huge so but I also realized that one of my passions is talking to people and listening to people sharing knowledge mm-hmm. why don't I just do this so this is all brand new right um, and it's a passion of mine and, and you know I feel the same way six months to me is a very short timeline but who knows where this is going to go? Yeah. You know, I, that's the kind of attitude I have. Who knows where this is going to go? I, I'm meeting a lot of cool people, mm-hmm. except, you know, I mean, you know, you're Alex. I don't know. Yeah, you're starting on a high. and it's Starting on a real, uh, yeah, it's gonna... starting on a Canadian note. Um, but I'm meeting a lot of cool people out here, and uh, it, it's, I'm excited. To, you know, I, I have the excitement in the back of my mind to, to see where this goes. So, And, and I mean, with, with the podcast and thing, I mean, do you have ideas of, 
beyond the podcast where you want to take it? Do you want to do anything on film or do you want to do more writing? Yeah, or? I think, well, writing for sure. So, you know, The Regular Effect is a book that I'm writing mm-hmm. and uh, it should be out at the end of 2017. Right. So that's that's number one out of uh, a few books that I want to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I want to go on video? Yeah, sure. You know, I got a pretty face is what I'm told by many, right? I don't know. I haven't heard that, but... Okay. <laughs> but you see me right now. I've right? seen, I've, yeah. Yeah, I've seen okay. some things, Jeff. Technically. Probably more than so. I want to say. <laughs> more than I want to say on the show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I definitely don't want to do video. And, and it. listen, you know, I think that I, I've had the entrepreneurial mind for years, mm-hmm. and it's kind of been blocked up. I've pushed it to the side. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of opening it up slowly and slowly and slowly. So now I have the attitude... Of saying, hey, who the hell knows where this is going to go? Mm-hmm. But I'm up for it. And I mean, it is a good question. I mean, do you think people are born an entrepreneur? Or do you think it's something you can grow into becoming? Yeah, you know what? I, I asked that question, but I never know the answer to that. I mean, I don't think there is an answer to that, right? I don't think so. I Do I think you're born with it? I don't, I don't know if you're born with anything. Or you're born without anything. I think everybody's born with it. Mm-hmm. Being an entrepreneur is literally the, I think the attitude is, okay, cool. I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. Or no, I can do something you know outside of my nine to five. Uh, it, all it is is putting the time in. You know, I had lunch with one of our friends today, and uh, you know, saying everybody has the same twenty four hours in the day. It's how you use it. And I just didn't want to come home and sit on the couch after work. Yeah, I didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah, it bothered me. Um, but I think you know that's the mindset you have. And I don't know if you're born with it. I think you can be triggered at some point in your life. So maybe maybe. Maybe you are born with it, but maybe it just needs to be some sort of trigger, some sort of snap of the finger. Yeah. Well, and I think maybe different events to kind of play into it, right? You know, I think about if I hadn't moved to Australia, what would I be doing now? If I hadn't tried out uh, stand-up class or gotten into improv comedy, mm-hmm. would I be doing any of the stuff I'm doing now with the writing or the web series? I think it's mm-hmm. little steps can lead to something a lot bigger, right? I agree. So what advice do you have for people on the fence about moving across the world? Um, Whether they're in Australia, move to Canada, Canada, Australia, anywhere. Well, have a valid passport, first thing. <laughs> okay. Don't have a criminal record. I Shit. learned that is messy. You learned you learn the hard way? Okay. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you do some things, unspeakable things. <laughs> I, I think, especially now for people our age, right, you know, millennials as we're called, but I think you really have to live in a different country. I think you're crazy if you don't. You right? know, I just think there's yeah. way too much of the world to see. It's a big place, but it's a small place at the same time, yeah. right? I mean, you can adapt quickly to where you are. You learn a lot about yourself. You see a lot more. And there really isn't a better time than right now. Yeah. For people our age, I'd say 100% live in another country. I totally agree with you. Mm. And I felt the same way when I moved. I moved to Australia. It's picked up. And, and left, right? I mean, mm-hmm. everybody asked me how hard it was. And I said, not really. I booked a, booked a one-way ticket. What's your ticket? Packed a bag in a backpack, and I left. And, and why you did know? you pick Australia? You know what? I went to my old boss, and I said I wanted to move to the U.S. Mm. Because that's all I ever knew, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, Canada, Trinidad, and the U.S. Yeah. Um, so to me, you know, thinking any way outside of that bubble was just... Absurd, absurd. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I would never think of it. Like mm-hmm. two years ago, if you asked me if I'd ever moved to Australia, I would have laughed. I would have laughed in your face because it just no. Why? Why would I move to Australia? It's so far. 
Mm-hmm. That was always my, my thought process it's so far. But now that I'm here, it's, it's literally two, you know, a plane ride or two, two, two plane rides maybe to get here. It's not that, it's not that hard. So I picked Australia because, number one, I thought that I always wanted to travel. I always wanted to travel here, mm-hmm. not necessarily live, but travel. And number two, it was just so far that I actually looked forward to the challenge. It was something that people thought that I wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. You know, my old job, I, I think maybe they had some sort of career path for me or my family had a plan for me. Yeah. But everybody had a plan for me except me. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to defy everybody everybody else's plan for me, for Shiv mm-hmm. and I'm going to move. And it's been the best thing that I've done in my life. Uh, something I always like asking other people who moved over from Canada to the U.S. is do you remember what your first impression was or first reaction was when you got out of you know Sydney airport and you stepped out and you realized I'm in Australia uh, mine um, <laughs> do you want to you hear the honest truth I was on a train and I was passing the opera house mm. but in like the Hollywood movies that we watch the opera house is always like like the whitest building in the world right it's like just oozing <laughs> yeah. white paint and just sparkles everywhere but the actual color of the opera house is a little bit more bronze, right? Mm-hmm. Not bronze, but a little like eggshell. Yeah. So I saw the opera house and I'm like, oh, that's cool. That kind of looks like the opera house. Can't wait to see the real one. And then um, <laughs> and I was with a friend and I was, I was telling him. And uh, he looked at me and he's like, Shiv, that's, that's a fucking opera house, man. What do that's you, it. What, that's it, yeah. dude. That's it right there. But no, you know what? In, in, another thing that I noticed out here is like, man, the world is such a small place. I think I stepped out of the the airport. I'm like, man, everything's very westernized here. You think Australia, you know, you think Australia, everyone, you know, you think kangaroos and koala bears and outback and snakes. Mm -hmm. You know, you come here and you're like, wow, this is, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, So that was probably my thought when I came here, man. I I, I thought, you know, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah. What about yours? It is too fucking hot. That was my (laughs) first thought. Why am I here in the summer? <laughs> what the hell? I was sweating balls, dude. It was, <laughs> it was horrible. No, I, I think it was. I mean, I was lucky when when I decided to move. The first week I came, my dad helped me move some things over, mm-hmm. and I think it was more when he left, and it was the first day going to work, and I was there by myself. He realized, wow, this is a pretty big shift. But it was definitely like you said. I, I'm glad I did it, and I asked myself why I didn't do it even even sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Question for you. Just switching gears. What's your definition of success? You know, when when are you going to look at and say, Alex Bowie, I am successful, or have you already done that? Oh, I don't think I've, I definitely don't think I've done it yet. I think as I get older, for me, success is becoming more about scratching the different inches that I get, right? It's mm-hmm. that if if something appeals to me that I really want to do, Success is at least trying it. Okay. That's, I think the, it really started actually with moving here. And yeah. I always said since then that whatever I do in my life, I want to at least know that I tried it. Right. I don't want to ever have the regret of wondering what it would be like, whether mm-hmm. it was good or bad. I want to at least have attempted it, yeah. done it, had the outcome. Do you think, and I want to go back to success, but do you think, you know, after moving here, you've grown? Definitely. Hasn't it been the best? Weight-wise, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Food and the beer here. Food, beer. God damn. Yeah, but, just but, let my body go. <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, haven't you grown in terms of your mindset, in terms of what you want to do? And, and I think you've answered that already by saying, you know, would you have done 
the acting or comedy or stand-up or anything like that or writing, whatever you're doing, mm. if you still lived in, in Canada? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think I would have done some of it, yeah. but the reality probably is I wouldn't have done as much as I'm doing now because I think when you're put in a position where for a while it's really just you. I mean, you've got friends you make while you're over here, um, but when you're left to your own devices, I think you figure out pretty quickly what really matters to you and what you really want to be doing yeah. and you're going to pursue it a lot faster. So I think definitely I've grown a lot since since coming over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, going back to success. So what defines success for you? What does success mean to Alex Bowie? I think for me it's it maybe is a bit cliche but it, if I think of my life when I'm 80 years old or which is only 10 years from 10 now. years from now yeah. I look really good for my age by the way. <laughs> Um, I think it's I, I want to genuinely be able to look back and say I did the things I really wanted to do now whether that's you've got a bunch of money or you've built your own business I just want to be able to look back on whatever the different things I've come across in my life and say I'm really happy I did those things yeah. and I don't have any regrets for for not trying new experiences Okay, I think right now that's success for me mm-hmm. and maybe a a big boat and, and a big boat and a couple houses couple, and a couple nice Lamborghinis yeah. yeah a couple Lambos couple, couple bling bling just small stuff though right yeah just that's it a couple I have some of that now already but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talk to me about fears so you know when you move when you pick the move to Australia any sort of fears going through your head and, and what sort of fears do you have now or what sort of fears have you overcame I think the biggest thing when I first moved was kind of the question of have I made the right decision right you're mm-hmm. sitting in an apartment you got a brand new job you're just there's a lot a lot of new at one time right yep. and I've usually taken change in very small doses I'm mm-hmm. not always good with a lot of change so for me at the beginning I was always fearful that shit maybe I've just bitten off way more than I can chew yeah um but as I've gotten older I think it's those fears have definitely dissipated mm-hmm. I think it's now more as you get older I, maybe I feel more of an urgency like like you're doing with these types of things like the show to shit maybe I should be doing some more of my own stuff yep. you know when when do I make a, a jump into something I really want to be doing more than I already am mm-hmm. that's kind of for me maybe it's not even a fear but just this sense of urgency I'm noticing a lot more okay so what are your plan what do you want to do next I think I think the big thing is going to be the web series is a, is a passion project I'm very keen on. Okay. And then over the next year, I, I, I really want to <coughs> start to develop and work on some own of my own ideas for a business as well. Okay. In Australia? Uh, in Australia or maybe abroad. I haven't decided yet. Mm-hmm. So, okay. What keeps you motivated? Because we talked about fears and, you know, I guess when you talked about moving here and everything being brand new and mm-hmm. all that change yeah so quickly you know what motivated you to keep going well i think it was not having any money to go back you're stuck at a bus depot and, uh, <laughs> uh, i think it was you know regardless of all the fears i've had with change or kind of you know being a worry word at times it's more i'm also pretty competitive and i don't like giving up on something yep. and I, you know maybe you felt the same but 
I couldn't imagine going back after a month, two months, six months to Vancouver and them saying, oh, why are you back? Oh, it didn't work out. I'd feel like it was a, a failure and mm -hmm. I would have let people down if I did that. So I think at the beginning it was more about not wanting to let other people down too, right? So like it kind of family, drive family, friends. friends. So it kind of drives you to, to stay and make a go of it. And make it happen. Yeah. And make it work. Um, any questions for me, my friend? Um, First of all, finish this sentence. Shiv is a... Really do you really cool. want me to say that on the... No, no, no. <laughs> on the show Let's again. just not, yeah. Let's just leave that. <laughs> Should I mute? Or <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I I think this is pretty cool what you're doing. I think it's pretty, pretty awesome. Thank I'm you. I'm pretty man. pumped. Yeah. I get to be the first official guest on the show. Yeah, 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 man. Pretty sick. I wanted a Canadian on there. You it's know? blowing it's, up already on the app store. It's happening, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because I had a lot of people tell me um, they heard of the Shiv show. And it's not even out yet. Well, I copyrighted so, a similar name. Did you? Probably, yeah. Just, was it the I released show? just a few days ago. It's huge, yeah. Um, no, man, I, I think, you know, my only real question for you is kind of where where do you where do you see it all going? And, and really, with when you question what success looks like, is it building a, the Shiv Media Empire? Or what is that? Yeah. Think? So I think I answered the first one a little bit earlier. But, mm. you know... The empire is, is the the game plan. That's the strategy. So where do I want this to go? You know, in terms of taking it to the next step. Like I said, I'm I'm, I'm taking I'm, I'm being very open with what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Very open with where this can go. And like I said, you gotta just put yourself out there mm -hmm. because opportunities fly at you once you put yourself out there. If you keep closed and you 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 don't. I guess give this oozing positivity out nothing is going to come to you so I've been doing that I've literally changed the way that I am in the past two to three months I've been oozing positivity I have this force field of positivity positivity around me mm -hmm. and I think people are actually noticing that and I'm getting approached for different things to help different people help different businesses um, I'm getting approached for you know so many people to come to this podcast so I think in terms of where I see this going right now I just want to focus on getting the right people on here mm -hmm. Um, sharing the stories because that's a huge passion of mine and you know if I took an, if I can talk about motivation it is more you know I'm motivated by hearing people's stories you know hearing your story of you moving to Australia and you know getting to meet your parents and like really seeing where where Alex Bogie stemmed from like that's really cool because I'm connecting that I'm connecting the dots I'm, I guess I'm putting together that, that puzzle so if I can do that for other people my job here is done and if I can help people if you know people listen to this podcast or people you know reading my blogs and genuinely being helped i'm i consider that a success if that makes sense yeah it does no it's it's cool man mm -hmm. i i wish you all the best with it thank you very much man yeah um i want to go back to family real quick mm -hmm. now your parents are now entrepreneurs they're now retiring you know what are their plans what do they want to do they do they want to come back to australia you know, how are you, I guess, tied into their plans or do they just cut you off? They, they cut me off, but I told them, there. I said, Mom, Dad, you save that money. That's my inheritance. I don't <laughs> want you traveling. I don't want you doing shit. Give me the day. Stay at home. Save it all. Save it all. I don't Eat want you. Can tuna. Absolutely. And just <laughs> bulk buy. That's it. Oh, Alex, listen, I feel like we can keep talking, but I know you want to get home and cuddle with your pillow. That's right. That's probably what you want to do. I want to thank you very much, man. I'm really pumped up to get this out. Thanks, dude. Um, thanks for your time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to uh, the future. And uh, thanks so much, buddy. Thanks, man. Awesome. Boom.
Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you missed anything, do not worry. Log on to shivrad.com. That's S-H-I-V-R-A-D.com to listen to this podcast again. Check out the other episodes and, of course, check out the blog. Thanks, everyone. Until next time.